Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. John is the coordinator for the Christian Ecumenical and Missional Society of St. Patrick and St. Aidan, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Today's message is entitled Supernatural Messaging. Supernatural Messaging. We read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18, 20 through 21, 25, and 30. The Apostle Paul tells the church at Corinth, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know Him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. The last few weeks we've been exploring readings from 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and we've been examining the supernatural dimensions of our faith. And during these messages, I've said time and time again that in the post-Christian age we live in, we must, like never before, recover the supernatural dimension of our faith. And this is especially important for the sake of this lost generation of young adults that are with us today. We have to learn, we have to rediscover how to be faithfully and authentically the spiritually supernatural children of God. In our post-Christian culture today, messaging is a flashpoint. There's no such thing as just information today, is there? People are being messaged 24-7 through social media and through even legacy media. Our First Amendment right of free speech was once a sacrosanct live or die principle for the left. Now the radical left seems willing to do away with it. Censoring the speech of those they don't like. Calling it hate speech. Let's face it, today in this age, 
of multimedia, of social media, everyone has some kind of spiritual message. It's like never before. You are being spiritually messaged through social media, through Hollywood, through legacy media. Unfortunately, you're even being messaged, spiritually messaged, in our public schools, in our universities. In verse 18 and 20, Paul calls this spiritual messaging the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world. It's nothing new. The messaging that we receive today about spiritual things, Paul called in his day the wisdom of the world. In stark contrast to the wisdom of the world, to the messaging we receive today, is the message of the cross, Paul says. And the message of the cross appears foolish to the wisdom of the world. And ironically, the wisdom of the world is foolish to the mind of God. There is this character that Christians are ignorant, fundamentalistic, spiritually narrow, bigoted, just really a bunch of idiots. In the eyes of the world and their wisdom, our faith is under attack but through their wisdom, they have no idea who God is. And through their wisdom, they'll never have a relationship with Him. You see, you've got to understand something. Satan is a table turner. He turns tables. He accuses you of doing what he does. Sound familiar in social media and legacy media? Accuse your opponent of doing what in actuality that you do. Satan accuses godliness as being godless or ungodly. Satan accuses righteousness of being unrighteous. Satan accuses those who truly are spiritual by being spirit-filled of being religious. I'm spiritual, Satan says, but not religious like you. This is a tactic of the radical progressive left, isn't it? They accuse their opponents of what they in actuality do. They accuse their opponents of being fascist when they in turn are really fascistic. Censoring our First Amendment rights. Hating on us while calling us haters. In Paul's day, his First century opponents were incredible messengers, especially with spiritual messaging. In fact, they were very, very deceptive. Church had a horrible problem with these spiritual messengers. Not all of them, but many of them were called Gnostics, what we call Gnostics today. Very deceptive, very clever first century deceivers, table turners. But this generation is so deceived, the best that they can muster is 
I'm spiritual, but not religious. And it works. That's how deceived this generation is, is that that sloganing, that messaging, that spiritual messaging actually works. It virtue signals for them, and it targets us as being the religious. In my estimation, for most people who would say I'm spiritual but not religious, there's nothing in actuality spiritual about most of them. In fact, as they call other people religious, they, in fact, are the irreligious. It's their excuse, it's their out for not being religious, which is a synonym for the word spiritual. Paul says in verse 18 that the wisdom of the world, the sloganing of the world, the messaging of the world is resulting in people perishing. And this word perishing doesn't mean being extinguished, taken out of existence. What it means is rotting. The spiritual messaging of the world that we receive constantly in this generation, in this age, is rotting away the people who are buying into the so-called wisdom and spiritual messaging of this age. They're losing their well-being. For those of you who smugly say that you are spiritual but not religious, let me just give you a warning, and I hope you receive it as one of love rather than I'm right and you're wrong. But this isn't going to turn out well for you. This isn't going to turn out well. You're going to perish buying into this lie of the table turner himself, Satan. On the other hand, the spiritual messaging of Jesus is a supernatural message. It transcends being religious. It transcends even being spiritual. In fact, it comes from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is God Himself. He is the spiritual messenger giving the message about Jesus, which we call the good news or the gospel. In verse 18, Paul calls the message of the cross, he calls this supernatural message the power of God. This word power is where we get our English word dynamite. It's powerful. The message of the cross of Christ is powerful. Paul says that it saves us, that it keeps us from perishing. In 2 Corinthians where we read last Sunday, Paul tells us that not only does it keep us from perishing, but the, the message of Christ and His redemptive work on the cross ontologically changes us. We're still human, but we're changed in such a way by the power and the Spirit of God that we become children of God. One of the most misquoted verses in the Bible is that we are all children of God. And they stop there. The rest of that verse is we are all children of God who are in Christ Jesus. We cannot be God's children unless we are ontologically changed. And we have to be ontologically changed. That the fundamental nature of who we are has to be changed because of the fall. Because of sin. 
The supernatural message of the cross is the power of God and it enables us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to do supernatural stuff by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only do you get to be supernatural, you get to do the supernatural. And yes, praying is one of those supernatural things you get to do. And there's other things as well. We call them gifts of the Spirit. The supernatural message of God in verse 18, Paul says this is the message of the cross. The message of the cross. In one sense, the message of the cross generally entails all of the redemptive work of Christ. His life, His death on the cross, His sufferings and passion beforehand, and of course, His resurrection. But specifically, the specifically, it's interesting that Paul says the message of the cross is the power of God to save us. Paul focuses in on the cross. Think about this. Why? The cross and power. Rome displayed its power by crucifying people, yes? Christ displayed His power over Rome, over the worldly wisdom by overcoming the cross. How did He do it? How did He do it? You've been listening to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. We invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. To find out more about Hope on the Way Ministries and Father John, check out our website at hopeontheway.info. That's hopeontheway.info. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Amen.